Are you finding yourself frustrated uh, or maybe even a little bit anxious and distracted with the uncertainty that we've ended last year off with and begun this year with? Um, anyone that's maybe just a, a little bit uh, unnerved by the fact that your kids can't go back to school when you hoped, or maybe you're unsure about what's happening with uh, your work, you're not too sure how, how everything's going to come together. I want to encourage you that you're probably in good company. I think that there are very few people that are not affected in some way. And as much as that might uh, be incredibly uncomfortable for us, I want to encourage you that I believe it actually creates the environment. It, it tends to do something in the soil of our hearts that helps us to actually recognize our need for God. The truth is that when everything is easy, when everything is comfortable, we, we don't really sense our need uh, to, to relate to God, to turn to God, to try and listen out for His whispers, to listen out for His promise, because frankly, everything's okay, and that's, and that's okay. We all have those seasons. But I want to encourage you, as much as this season that we're in could be incredibly frustrating, I want, to, I want to encourage you to look out for the good that God is trying to do. Look out for the invitation. Look out for the whisper, for the prompt, for the, for the calling, for the drawing that God is extending to us to actually slow down, to draw aside, to look to Him for life when some of the things in our lives are not working out the way that we want to. I want to take a look today at what I think is, is in fact, I want to be so bold as to promise you that this is probably the most important habit that is going to help us to actually hear God. The most important habit that is going to help us to hear God. So please, please, please pay attention, lean in. I believe that the most important habit that is going to help us to, to cope with the uncertainty, to cope with what in the natural is a lack of peace, what in the natural might cause irritability, impatience, even aggression. Maybe, maybe you know, there, there are tensions at home or at work that you're not normally, you know, experiencing, but, but the temperature is being turned up. I believe that the most important habit that's going to help us to actually hear God is to consistently fight for time with God as close to daily as possible. To consistently fight for time with God, to slow down, to be present with God. In fact, I want to encourage you, and you'll hear me say this a few times in this message, to persevere consistently with a place and a plan that creates space to be present with God. The goal is present, for us to actually be present with Him. But I believe that it takes a, a plan. It, it takes committing to a place. And you better believe that it requires perseverance. Because there are going to be days where we don't feel like we are producing uh, you know, anything tangible. And yet, I want to encourage you that it's possible to be fruitful without being productive. I realized a few years ago that when, especially when I was trying to change the way that I spent time with God, when I was sort of experimenting a little bit with, with what we call silence or silent prayer, I wasn't too sure that this was producing any you know, clear result on a tangible basis. You know, when I'd get up from just spending a bit of time with God, just being quiet, just, just trying to slow down and be present. And then it hit me that it is absolutely possible to be fruitful for, for the time, to be fruitful without it being productive. So to be productive means that we have something tangible to show there and then. But to be fruitful means that something's being formed over time. Guys, the most important habit that you can form this year, I say this quite 
unapologetically. The single most important habit that you and I can develop for the first time or strengthen this year is daily time with God where we, where we do everything we can to be present with Him. Wayne Muller in his book, uh, Sabbath, tells a great story that, that really caught my attention a little while ago uh, when I was reading this about a lady, uh, a nun, uh, her name was Sister Gilchrist, who worked as a nun at an abbey in Mississippi. This is a story that goes back many years ago. And she would cook for the rest of the convent, I guess, um, so for the rest of her sisters. So she was responsible for going out. They lived on quite a large piece of, of land. I guess it was a farm. And she would actually go out and, and pick herbs. She had, it, she had about six, six or seven herbs that she could choose from. They were actually being grown on the land. And she would, in some cases, even determine the meal for the evening based on what was available you know, on their land. And this went on for many years, and, and everyone enjoyed it. They also have cattle that graze on the land. Um, I assume they made use of some of the cattle from time to time as well. But then at some stage, they actually got an expert to come in and to advise them on how best to take care of the land. And he actually ended up recommending that they uh, maybe uh, got the cattle to, to graze and to fertilize in a, in a slightly more focused portion of the land. So they created a paddock and they kept the cattle in that area for a season. And what they were doing was they were, they were giving the rest of the land some time to actually rest. They, they were giving the land some peace. They were resting the soil. And then after a certain period of time, they would move the paddock and allow the, the cattle to then, to then graze and fertilize another portion of land while they, while they gave that land some time to rest. This went on for an extended period of time. And one day, it could have been as long as a couple of years, one day, uh, Sister Gilchrist went out to pick some herbs and was surprised to discover that there were at least a dozen new herbs that were actually starting to flourish on the land that she had never, ever seen before. They had never planted it. It had always been there, but it was lying dormant because of the amount of activity that was always present on the land. So there was always the, the, the feet of the cattle. There was the grazing of the cattle. But for the first time in they don't know how long, the land was actually being given some, some opportunity, some space to rest. And so these seeds that had been lying dormant all along actually had the opportunity to come to the surface and to flourish. And I can't help but think, for me, and probably for you too, that there, that there are seeds lying dormant inside of us that are just not being given the opportunity. It's just not being given the space. It's not being given the rest that it needs to actually come to the surface and to come to life. We live in a distracted age. We live in a busy age. You don't have to be working 60, 70 hours a week or 80 hours a week or 90 hours a week or 100 hours a week to be busy nonstop. You can be working a part-time job, but we can be so consumed with media, with distraction, with opportunities, with entertainment, with friends. And, and some of that stuff's even good. But if we're never cutting time out to slow down, to be present with God, to, to, to rest the soil of our hearts. And, and that's the thing. When we come to God, it's not actually work. It's we are resting the soil of our hearts, inviting His breath. And that's often what a whisper is. It's, it, there's a breathing that takes place. There's, there's some oxygen. And I believe that God is wanting some seeds to come to the surface in 2021. I believe that God is wanting some life to be born 
that, that in some cases we didn't even know was possible. But it is going to require us fighting for our time with God every day. And I believe that as we do, our ears are going to become more and more attuned to the voice of God, to His whispers. Some of you are familiar with what is called the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. It's found, this, uh, different accounts of the story are found in a few of the Gospels, the first few books of the New Testament. But I want to read Luke's account found in chapter 8, verse 4. It says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. I want you to notice that the seed stays the same, right? It's the same farmer, same seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. So footpath, it's hard, right? It's compact. There's no space for, it, for the seed to actually uh, be absorbed and to produce life and fruit. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. So again, it's, it's, there's too much stuff in the way. There's not enough space. Verse 7 says, Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. That is our hope. That is our prayer. That's even what five days of focus this week is. That's, that's one of the goals is just to help fertilize the soil, just to help, just help turn the soils of our heart, man, that we can hear God, that we can see clearly. It fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. That's a pretty good goal. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand, which always reminds me of the fact that I don't think God is a speaking problem. I tend to have a, a hearing problem, a listening problem. He goes on, Jesus goes on in verse 11 to, to explain the meaning of this parable. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The, the seed is not able to be absorbed. Verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. One of the greatest ways for us to allow the roots to go deep is to spend time with God every day, to give God space every day. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. I just want to encourage you for a moment. If you've been a Christian for a long time, I want to encourage you to try and reflect honestly on whether or not you're more mature than what you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And by the way, to know whether or not you're more mature is not whether you know more. You can know more and just be doubly dangerous. To be more mature, I believe, means according to Galatians in a 5 verse 22 onwards, is to be more loving, to be more patient, to have more peace, to be more kind, to be more gentle, to be more self-controlled, to be more faithful, to be more good. That's what it means to be more mature, to love God more and to love people more. It's to be more sensitive to His voice. It's to be more obedient to His voice. And finally, verse 15, the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word and cling to it. In other words, we do something with it. We don't let it go. 
and patiently produce a huge harvest. This might sound so counterintuitive for the year that we are, that we are facing, but I honestly believe that 2021 could be a year of huge harvest in our lives personally, in terms of what we allow God to do in us and what we allow God to do through us. Think about the fact that, that if you're still at work, if you still, uh, when you get back to school or college or university, or you still get to interact with neighbors, whatever the case might be, Guys, 95% to 99% of your ministry, of your purpose, is going to be outside of the four walls of a church building. It's going to be outside of a Sunday, which is why I don't think that God is horrified by the fact that in so many cases around the world, people aren't able to meet on Sundays. I think God's saying, like, that's good, that's great, but that's not the most important thing. Us learning to feed ourselves, us learning to connect with God, us learning to hear His voice and obeying it and responding to it, is I believe going to allow God to produce a huge harvest in our lives and through our lives. We need to persevere consistently with a place and a plan that creates space to be present with God. Very quickly, in just a few minutes, I want to take a look at those four ideas, the place, the plan, prioritizing God's presence and persevering. Number one is simply a place. I want to encourage you to be as intentional as possible. Even if your life is chaotic and unstructured, maybe you work shifts, as best as possible, try and commit to an actual place. There's something about, about committing to that chair or that park bench, or maybe, maybe you have to get up super early in the morning and you work until late at night, and so the only place that you can find is on a crowded taxi or on a bus. I honestly believe that you can turn that into a sacred space. Maybe you put headphones in, maybe you close your eyes, uh, look like you're sleeping, <laughs> whatever the case is. You may not find that to be the case the first few days or even the first couple of weeks, but I believe that if we are consistent with our place, we can turn that into a sacred place. I love how Lisa Turquist says that I must exchange whispers with God before shouts with the world. Commit to a place, if possible, in the morning, if you're not a morning person and you're, it's just impossible for you to spend quality time with God before you have to rush off, well, then maybe it's in the evening. Um, in the Hebrew culture, the day starts the night before. So then, so then make it the way you end your day, but exchange whispers with God before shouts with the world. Secondly, our plan. Without a plan, I mean, maybe you've heard this cliche, you know, when we fail to plan, we plan to fail. So if we have no real plan, no real structure, you're probably going to find that you land up drifting and you have great intentions and you want to and you hope to, but, but you don't really manage to do that. So again, that's why a place is so helpful because at least, you know, we're committing to, to a physical location, but a plan um, involves a specific time. A plan involves perhaps a, a reading uh, plan. I'll give you some suggestions in a moment. A plan might include, okay, I've got 15 minutes, or if you've been a Christian for a long time, you probably need a bit more. Like, you know, if you're starting out, start with 10, 15 minutes. But if you've been a Christian for a long time, you're probably wanting to create a bit more space to, to reflect a bit more, to pray a bit more, or maybe you want to split it over two uh, portions of time in your day, maybe morning and evening or morning and lunchtime. But commit to a time. So, so someone who needs to get going early might say, okay, 5.30 every morning, I'm going to have had my cup of coffee, I'm going to be sitting down on that chair in that area, 
And my plan is to first listen to a worship song. And then I'm going to pray for a couple of minutes. And I'm going to, and I'm going to try and reflect and, and be present with God. Maybe you use the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6 as, as prompts to help you, you know, worship God as you remember. In Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be glorified today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. As, as you maybe just reflect on some of those things. So you're praying. Then maybe you have a particular reading plan that you're committing to. Depending on your time allotted, please, so if, you, if you've only got half an hour, don't fill up half an hour with reading and studying. You can break that up into other parts of the day if you want to, but if you only have half an hour, like at the most, if I can encourage you, at the most, use half of your time for your reading. The reason I say that is because it can become, it can become too academic and where we're not actually engaging with God. Prayer matters. Prayer matters matters. So find space for prayer. As, as far as a couple of examples go, uh, the YouVersion Bible app literally has, I think, thousands of different plans to choose from. You can just go to the search uh, icon. You can put in a topic that you're looking for, or maybe you want to read through the Bible in a year. Um, and again, be careful about how much you commit to. So maybe if you've got limited time, read the Bible in three years. Just take three days to get through every day that it tells you. If you look at the bottom of the notes, uh, if you're watching online right now, then you'll even find that we might have a couple of Bible plans suggested for you. So that's the Bible, uh, the YouVersion Bible app. Then there's another app called Bible in One Year. This is put together by the guys uh, that created Alpha. Incredible uh, Bible in a Year program. The devotional element is exceptional. They've even um, adapted it to those of you that want to. So this is, this is an app in itself. Just search Bible in One Year or B-I-O-Y and Alpha on your app store, whatever device you're using. Um, and you'll actually find that they have an express version as well. So if you don't have half an hour every day to read, um, then you, you just click on the express version and it'll give you the devotional version every day with just a couple of key verses that connect to that. And you'll get through that in a year. It'll take you about 10 minutes a day. Another plan that I've mentioned on many occasions, again, it's an app that you can download for free from your app store. is called Lectio 365. Lectio 365. Also, you'll need 10 11, 12 minutes max, and it takes you very slowly through, um, through pausing, through rejoicing and reflecting. So, so it'll give you like a portion of Psalms, a small portion, uh, passage of Scripture to reflect on, and then it will um, encourage you to reflect on it in a certain way, and then it will read it a second time. Um, then it encourages you to ask God, so to pray, and then to heal, to surrender, to, you know, God, how do you want me to apply this? There are plenty of other options. Please, if you have friends that are doing you know, a Bible plan, maybe you're in a, in a life group, ask others for, for what, what's working for them and be willing to experiment. What I would encourage you to do is to try, please, if nothing else, try what I'm suggesting for the next 21 days. Commit to a place, commit to a plan. Even if you don't feel like it's you know, bearing immediate fruit, commit to it for 21 days and see if that doesn't work, if that doesn't start to to produce some type of life, to, to bear some kind of fruit. Number three is to prioritize His presence. Prioritize His presence. It's easy and it's tempting for us to have a place and commit to a plan, but as I said earlier, for just to be very academic, and we're not actually connecting with God. The, the goal is relationship, everybody. The goal is not just being righteous. It's not just being good. It's not just knowing lots. The goal is a relationship with God. So prioritize His presence. That's why I even encourage the, the idea of reflecting on Scripture, not just 
reading scripture, like bring that scripture before God. God, what are you, what are you wanting me to understand and apply in this? As you spend time with God, slow down to, to, to ask for and to try and receive His peace. To ask for and to try and receive, to thank God. God, thank you that you've given me joy. Thank you that you've given me peace. Thank you that you love me. I love that, this phrase of slowing down enough to look at God looking at you with love. Let's make His presence our priority. And then lastly, I want to encourage you to persevere. This is probably obvious, but sometimes I think we can still become a little bit discouraged and disillusioned when we don't feel like there's, like there's something to show for our time every time. I want to encourage you just to be consistent. Keep persevering. If you feel like, hey, I spent my 15 minutes or I spent my 30 minutes and I, I didn't get anything out of it, that's okay. Do the same thing again the next day and the next day and the next day. I think as you keep persevering, again, just, just try this for 21 days. As you keep persevering, I believe that you're going to start to, to experience that you're tuning in a little bit more easily, that you're a little bit more mindful of God throughout your day, that, that, that when you're about to react to something in an inappropriate way, you, know, you might start sensing that prompting, that whisper where God's saying, no, no, uh-uh, <clears throat> almost like a clearing of the throat, and where He prompts you to be more patient, more kind, more gentle. Just be consistent. Don't judge your time. Don't judge. Come on, you're not going to, I mean, hopefully you don't judge every time you spend with a friend or a family member. Just sometimes you just, you were just together. It's okay. I love how Craig Rochelle says that successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Be consistent. Persevere. If you feel like it's not bearing, just hang in there. Be consistent. Consistency is key. As we wrap up, I want to ask you just to, just to pause for a moment and to actually imagine what 2021 could be like if we would persevere consistently with a place and a plan to be present with God. Can you imagine if consistently, regardless of frustrations, uncertainties, disappointments, and even loss? God, please, I'm so aware that there are, that there are some of you watching and listening to this message and you've experienced loss. I've got, I've got other pastor friends that are performing multiple funerals a week. We've had several people in our church who had family members pass away. We've had many people test positive, many that have landed up in hospital. I don't want to be patronizing. I'm so mindful that for many people, this is the most painful, tragic, frustrating, even angering season of your life. And I wish I had the words that would comfort you. I don't. This is, this is the lesson that God's constantly teaching me. I can't be the savior for you. I can't, and your friend can't, and your life group leader can't, and your parent, and your daughter, and your sister, they can't fill your tank up. We can care. We can support. We can love. We can pray. We can, we can feel with you. But there's only one place that your heart is going to find its home, and that is in the presence of God, where He gives you peace that passes understanding where He comforts those who mourn, where He gives us vision and purpose even in the midst of pain 
and confusion. Can you imagine what 2021 will be like if we will commit to consistently spending daily time with God? Father, I pray for every single person that is listening to this on a WhatsApp audio or is watching this live or afterwards, God, wherever we are, Lord, whether we're busy driving, whether we're walking, whether we are washing dishes, God, would you help us to sense your invitation, to pull aside, to slow down, to rest the soil of our heart, that we would allow seed that has been lying dormant to actually come to the surface and to flourish. God, that we would actually trust you, Lord, that we would start dreaming again, not, not our own dreams, but your dream, Lord, where we would produce a huge harvest this year. God, please would you help us to to not make excuses, but to commit and, and to try and, and to make changes however we need to and to get back up when we fail and to not feel guilty when we skip a day, but to try, to do the best we can, to keep committing to a place, to a plan, to being present with you and to persevering, believing that you won't be mocked, that we will reap what we sow. God, we know that we can't earn your love. You've given it to us for free. It's a gracious gift. We can have a relationship with you because of your grace. We can't earn it. But God, we know that we can put effort in to growing closer to you and to giving you more and more space in our lives. So please would you help us to do that in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to encourage you, if maybe you're watching or listening today and you're wanting to begin a relationship with God, please go to our website, click on connect with us and allow us to offer you. So we'll send you some next steps um, and if you want to, we'd love to have a conversation where you have any questions. We'd love to do the best we can to answer those and to walk with you. Please don't miss out on five days of focus starting tomorrow night, 7 p.m. And next Sunday, part five of our Whisper series. God bless you. May you experience His peace and His presence this coming week.